Bonjour à tous et bienvenue dans le premier épisode de Cookies, Spritz and Full Shatterton podcast, a brand new and quite probably the first fan podcast about the one and only's Full Shatterton. I'm your co-host Camille, uh, but I also have the fan page Dressa Shatterton. And I'm your co-host Marina, but you might better know me as Mims Shatterton, because surprise, we both have <laughs> fan pages about this band. And now we have created a podcast about them too, because I guess at one point posting memes and or reels about them simply was not enough for us. <laughs> yeah, so we hope you all join us and want to stay with us for a sit down, perhaps drink some spritz, have a cookie or two or 15. And most mm -hmm. importantly, have very kind of laid back, but thorough discussions about anything and everything Fischerdertel. Exactly. Welcome, everyone. <laughs> yeah, welcome. So, Camille, please first tell us, please tell our listeners, which time would this be that we are recording our very first episode? It's our third time. Yeah. Exactly. And when was it that we made our very first recording? Um, it was on July the 17th. Yep, that is right. So even though it took us no fewer than three recordings to finally be making what we sincerely hope will be the final result, we did want to point out that we started recording for this brand new pod on Clement's birthday, so we still will be treating the podcast as a whole as our own personal birthday present to him, though we sincerely hope it never reaches his ears, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> And you know what they say. Um, third time's a charm, so... Okay, you know that, like, in mm -hmm. France, it's jamais deux sans trois, so... <laughs> jamais deux sans trois, yeah. Yes. It's yeah. a very on-point expression. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, like, even though it took us, like, forever and this many tries, we do hope that this time around... You know what, in fact, you better appreciate this now that it's finally launched. Yeah. So I think we should really begin by introducing the podcast and that requires us to introduce Full Shatterton, say who they are, just to kind of lay some groundwork. Then we'll give you a few pieces of info about the pod, what the concept of Cookie Spritz and Full Shatterton is, what mm -hmm. the frequency of the episodes or the content we'll be putting out is going to be. We'll introduce ourselves as your hosts by way of each of us saying how they got into the band and then finally we'll jump straight into our first episode or the first topic we want to analyze, which is, as you see on the title, Full Shatterton Appeal, <laughs> aka what it is about them that appeals to a certain type of audiences so strongly, we believe, and beyond that, manages to keep that audience with them so firmly and successfully. Mm -hmm. So, Camille, please do us the honor and introduce <laughs> the band to us who, who are Full Shatterton. Yeah, um, I think that If you're here listening to this podcast and being with us, you probably already know this, but Fushaterton is a Persian-based band. They released um, three albums and they've been, uh, they've been performing uh, since like 10 years and they've been, they, they, yeah, they've been 
nominated to Les Victoires de la Musique twice. And um, yeah, no? Yeah, one. Was it three, time, three times, like for each album? I don't know if they were for Loiseleur. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, they were for the like oh. album rock. Yeah. Okay. And then for Isla Jour, I believe it was the live, like the concert category. Mm, not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember because I wasn't there at this yeah. moment. Yeah, yeah. But like... I think maybe like um, for the like band of the year, like, you know, I don't know. Oh, that's only for polite. Okay. And that wasn't like even the band, but it was male artist, which was oh, kind yeah. of shitty from the, um, I don't, I don't want to say industry, but like the organization, mm -hmm. because you have so many bands and you have so many artists and you just kind of grouped them all together into a male and female artist, which mm -hmm. is sort of totally ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah, they like got that um, nomination as well last year okay okay i didn't know that they were nominated like for each album mm -hmm. yeah i mean oh. i would have to double check i think for isi le jour because i mean mm -hmm. i'm pretty certain that they were nominated then because uh, i remember their performance and like their outfits and yeah i'm pretty sure that it was for the concert category but for lasler i can guarantee you that it was like the best rock album of the year nomination <laughs> Okay. That's like, I uh, because I did that Full Shatterton trivia not so long ago, and I have a question about yeah, it there, yeah. so like, I'm certain about that. Okay. But yeah, like, the point is that all of their work that they've released so far is pretty well received by the public and the yeah. critics as well. Mm -hmm. And like you said, they've been performing since they started out. That's kind of like the one of their strongest points. They mm -hmm. constantly sell out venues. And um, and that's it. And they have worked with uh, quite a few prominent names. And um, that's that. That's Full Shatterton in a nutshell. And mm -hmm. I'm also related to them. They're my family. Oh, please tell us more. <laughs> They're like my distant foreign uh, French cousins or <laughs> uncles, to be more precise. Um, I just don't know why they never send me any money because like <laughs> what's the point of having foreign cousins if they're not gonna send you money yeah <laughs> so like we said cookie spritz and Fushatterton is a podcast that will be about anything and everything related to this band you can look forward to episodes on every album released so far but mm -hmm. also some miscellaneous projects outside of those albums <laughs> then We'll definitely do episodes on each and every member <laughs> of the band. That, that, that's gonna be fun, as you can see. <laughs> like, I, I don't even wanna get into it at the moment, but no. I'm scared of doing these episodes yeah, because they're gonna take some serious, serious <laughs> stalker skills. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but then we'll also have in-depth discussions on certain lyrics and you kind of analyze these poems that they write. We'll talk about important events for the bands throughout their career. And also we'll take deep dives into concepts that are tightly connected to the band, but might not be all about them necessarily, such as color blue. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Can't wait. <laughs> cannot wait for the episode that's just going yeah. to be like the, the symbolics of color blue. and. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, the associations etc but like their obsession with this color to me is quite bizarre and I don't mean bizarre in the sense that it's strange but kind of like bonkers and admirable that they managed to turn this very basic thing if I may like blue being every boy on earth's favorite color into such a huge almost mythical thing within their universe in which we all live and such an integral part of their brand Mm -hmm. and image but yeah all in all we have so many ideas there's so much to talk about when it comes to Fu or Camille (laughs) and I are simply so obsessed (laughs) with them (laughs) I don't think so (laughs) yeah not me (laughs) (laughs) but like without giving you too much away we just wanted you to have an idea of what kind of episodes and topics you can look forward to and stay tuned for uh, so here are a few other disclaimers and things we feel like we should establish here at the very beginning so first language yeah language um as you might have noticed already this podcast is and will be in english because my french is yogurt <laughs> that's so cute <laughs> Even though we are very aware of the fact that our target listener, aka Feuchatarton fans, are French, or at least like 99% of you are, Marina and I, uh, the two of us, communicate in English, and even though we'll do so on this podcast as well, you bet that just by talking about a French band, the podcast will very much get into bilingual territory. But we do plan to have episodes that are going to be exclusively in French, so you might want to follow up on that. So that's also just some heads up and laying the ground. And also please keep in mind that neither of us is a native English speaker. So just please be nice with us because uh, my English is not like perfect at all. And I'm trying to, to be... Yeah, I don't know how to say, but just it's, be nice. Uh, so it's uh, it's actually incredible, but I do know what you mean, like uh, going on record and, you know, having discussions in a language that you don't feel like you're uh, proficient in yet, maybe, is challenging yeah. and it is like stepping out of your comfort zone. Yeah, uh, that's what I wanted to say, that big step out of my comfort... Conf- oh, fuck. <laughs> the comfort... <laughs> Comfortable are very tricky words to pronounce in English, yeah. so... C'est, je vais le dire en français, je sors de ma zone de confort. <laughs> yeah, I do encourage you to, like, at any moment, switch to French, because I no- I've noticed, like, recently, that even my listening skills have improved in the last, like, a month or two. Mm-hmm, and that's great. That's incredible, so I do want to, yeah. like... Uh, make this podcast as bilingual as possible and um but yeah that's that's it and uh also like on my part expect to hear a lot of bumpy and clunky or like wrong pronunciations of your favorite songs and lyrics or simply names of the people who form Fushatruton. for example i'll never be able to say arthur (laughs) or rafael in the way that you guys do i mean i can but it sound it will always sound ridiculous to me so i'm like not gonna do it uh, oh, just c- can you try to say it in okay, French? So uh, it's Arthur. Oh, and yeah, Raphael. I oh, guess. but that sounds so icky to me, and like I don't no. want to do it. No, I swear it's not that bad. I thought that it was really terrible, according to you, but no, it's <laughs> really great. Like keep, keep, uh, keep trying to 
pronounce their name. I swear it's not oh. terrible. Okay, I will I will try to like imitate you in that sense and also <laughs> step out of my comfort zone. Yeah. And usually I'm I'm usually like not the kind of person that's you know, not gonna like speak another language until I'm like fluent, you know? I'm very open to sounding I don't know ridiculous or making a lot of mistakes, etc. But it's just that like I can't ever get around with these pronunciations of these like names <laughs> so it just sounds much much more natural to me to say Arthur than Ochtur. Yes <laughs> okay no but you know we 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 have to do mistakes to improve our skills but obviously do, do as you want. <laughs> uh, yeah so that's that's just something I guess uh, you will have to get used to and that you won't hold against us, we hope. Okay, so then regarding the frequency of the episodes, we do hope to give you guys new content every two to three weeks and will definitely be quite frequent, I think, in the beginning because we are so, so very excited about launching this and this project in general. But of course, uh, down the line, you know, life will get in the way because newsflash, we do have lives outside of <laughs> obsessing over Full Shatterton. And we are treating this very casually, hobby type of thing. And we do have episode topics, which we really want to prepare in a scholarly type of way. So it may happen that sometimes there isn't an episode for a month or something, mm -hmm. but also that's just to give you an idea of the frequency and all. We do have an Instagram page where you can follow us, where we'll yeah. definitely tease new episodes or simply keep in touch with you and give you an idea on what we're working on and when you can be excited for new content yeah um and the last kind of disclaimer thing we want to get out there is that we are 100 percent open to having guests or other fans on this podcast we love this fandom so much and many of you are already our friends and we already have specific episode topics for which we want specific people to join us so yeah never hesitate to send us a dm if you like this podcast and tell us you'd like to sit down with us and talk together and we'll work out because this is a fan podcast for the fans and we want everyone in precisely we want you guys on Zoom with us, we want your opinion, we want your input. And, you know, there are certain periods in the band's career for which I wasn't really present in. So I want some OG fans here and it's just going to be more fun when there are more of us here. And that is what Camille meant when she said that we plan to have episodes that are exclusively in French, where, you know, I'm just going to sit down, have my spritz and listen to you guys and Camille blabber on in French and like further improve my listening skills. Uh, so that's that. We hope you do keep in touch with us. Even if you're not on board with sitting down with us, we can always communicate. I'm always up for a discussion on Fushatterton, which I hope you already know. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and... Uh, that's that. So now that we've got all of the disclaimers out of the way, and just before we get into the actual topic of this first episode, we wanted to introduce ourselves as hosts in a way that each of us shares her own experience of first discovering this band and second describe that sweet, sweet point of no return, <laughs> you know, when we became fans with the capital F, because yeah. I do think it's like two individual experiences, the first time hearing them or hearing about them and the point where you knew you that you were like, oh fuck, I'm in it forever. <laughs> There's no way back. 
Um, so Camille, please tell me how did you learn about this band? What were your initial impressions? And when did you know that you are like truly, truly sold and <laughs> on board with them? Yeah, um, I think I'm gonna do this part in French because it will be easier for me to like tell the story in my native language. <laughs> oh, please do. Yeah, I think our listeners are begging for some French at the moment. Yeah. Ok, alors en réalité, ça faisait très longtemps que je connaissais leur nom puisqu'ils étaient passés dans un festival près de chez moi. Euh, je crois que c'était à Musilac, à Chamonix. Et euh, je me souviens m'être fait la réflexion que le nom euh, faisait un peu prétentieux <rire> et, et que j'allais certainement pas les écouter. <rire> Puis euh, au fil des années, euh, ma meilleure amie, bisous Victoria, <rire> me disait tout le temps « Chat, tu devrais vraiment écouter Fécha Tartan, je suis sûre que ça te plairait !» Et euh, en fait, le problème, c'est que je suis archi têtue et bornée, et quand on me dit de faire quelque chose, ben, je fais l'inverse, voilà. As you should. Yeah. <rire> et euh, à l'usure, j'ai fini par écouter ses recommandations, et je me souviens très bien du moment où je les ai écoutées pour la première fois. Euh, J'étais à mon ancien travail, et vraiment, je me souviens que c'était genre un, un samedi, et j'étais la seule à travailler euh, le samedi, c'était un, un samedi de la loose quoi, et je me souviens qu'il faisait un temps mais horrible, il pleuvait des cordes, et c'était au mois de mai, genre vraiment le, le temps déprimant possible, et j'avais tellement rien à faire, et je m'ennuyais mais horriblement, que je suis allée checker euh, bah, l'Instagram du groupe, <rire> ce, qui, ce qui était une grave erreur. Yes. <rire> That should not be like your first stop. <rire> yeah. Et, euh, et c'était à l'époque où ils avaient lancé le, le concours du remix d'écran total <rire> et je me souviens m'être dit que cette chanson elle était vraiment atroce et, <rire> et que le groupe y cassait vraiment pas trois pattes à un canard et que what's that expression this is a french expression like to say that it's not that they sucked yeah a bit <rire> <rire> I love it, so, yeah. j'adore Ok, donc euh, ouais, je me disais qu'il cassait vraiment pas trois pattes à un canard et que voilà, j'étais un peu restée sur un avis négatif en mode euh, bah, je les aime pas <rire> voilà et, parce que je suis très radicale, c'est terrible jamais modérée, bref euh, à ce moment précis, je pense que la vie euh, elle m'a dit, bah alors là ma grande tu vas te prendre un karma t'es pas prête <rire> Et en effet, maintenant, euh, bah, écran, écran Total, c'est vraiment euh, une de mes chansons préférées et euh, je vais bientôt presque, enfin, je vais presque qu'à leur concert pour aller crier euh, On les mettra jamais, t'es putain de lunettes spéciales. <rire> enfin voilà. Bon, bref, revenons-en à nos moutons. Après ma déception temporaire euh, d'écran Total, j'ai décidé d'écouter leur premier album parce que quand je découvre un artiste, j'adore écouter leur premier album euh, euh, bah, en premier, voilà, tout simplement. Et euh, la première chanson qui s'est lancée, c'était Foilier. Et c'est à ce moment-là que je me suis dit que j'avais pris un aller sans retour et que j'allais être une fan avec un F majuscule. Donc euh, voilà, merci Victoria de me les avoir fait découvrir. Promis, je vais t'écouter plus souvent. Et puis euh, bah maintenant, je me retrouve à faire un podcast avec Marina sur Feu Shatterton. Je pense qu'il n'y a rien d'autre à ajouter que tout est dit. <rire> exactly, like if you... Are, if you're a co-host on a Fushatton fan podcast, that's like 
proof enough that you're fan yeah. of capital F and that yeah. there's no way back. Yeah. Uh, but I adore your story and like the part where you said that when you discover new artists, you like to start from their debut. Yeah. Like Isla Jour, what, what a debut to like yeah get you into this band yeah i i, I was lucky <laughs> <laughs> but then they like akron total remixes you could not have checked out their page at a worse time <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was so chaotic and messy yeah. and um but also the name <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh my god the it's, name it's a really pretentious name like yeah and i really didn't like their name at the beginning yeah. as i as i said i was really like oh my god i really don't like this name it's terrible mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like it's it is really a pretentious name and uh you know i think that's saying something to them about them overall and like yeah. we all know who came up with that name <laughs> But I gotta say, like, if you do present yourselves as full Shatterton and with an exclamation mark, no less, I believe the majority of the people are going to be like, um, give me a break, you know? <laughs> but for me, like, I didn't even pay attention to the name. It was like, whatever to me. I, I was indifferent. Yeah. Uh, you know, now I really, really, really love their name. Mm -hmm. Like... It was just before when, you know, I was really stubborn and when I was like, no, I don't want to listen to them. <laughs> and <laughs> now here we are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it works for them. I can't obviously imagine them being called anything else. Yeah. But like, it certainly is an interesting thing to look at, I think, because, you know, like even the aspects of the name, the fact that it's like maybe a bit extra, but also totally original. And it even contains this kind of like wordplay with foo as like crazy or mad and foo as fire, <laughs> which are almost homophones or at least to anyone that's not fluent in french pronunciation <laughs> like me for example i'm certain that i'm pronouncing these two different words the same yeah you're pronouncing the fou et fou the same but that's really yeah. cute i really love it <laughs> like you're saying fou chatterton and that's adorable <laughs> oh <laughs> thanks i guess but like yeah i mean i'm certain that there was some intention behind that and uh but yeah, like like all of these aspects of the name, you can find in them as a band, in their music overall, their songwriting, their approach even. And so for all of those reasons, it actually works really, really well, even mm. though on the outside, it may come off as a bit of like, you know, who do you think you are to call yourself <laughs> Fu Shatutan? <laughs> but yeah, we love that. We love that they don't care and that they are like their own snobbish selves. Yeah. Okay, so um, I think now it's your time to tell your story. <laughs> oh, let's see if I can do it under seven minutes. <laughs> okay, so right now I must apologize to you for listening to this for a thousandth time. No, don't worry. <laughs> At least you're not alone in suffering through it. Because like, whenever anyone asks me how I learned about this band, it takes me forever to tell them. Because, you know, the short, short version is YouTube and it's so random and stupid. <laughs> but I always tell the longer version. <laughs> because 
yeah, I guess it really was a tremendous, tremendously important discovery to me. And to build on that, and similarly to you, I remember the moment when I first heard a Fushatrasan song, or rather the moment when that song came to me, mm-hmm. like it was this morning or yesterday. And I think I'll always have a crystal clear image of that moment, and I'll always be able to go through the exact emotions I felt then time and time again, mm-hmm. because like... Yeah, I guess it really did remain imprinted in my mind so and heart, I guess, so strongly. <laughs> yeah. So this was 2016, so just a little bit after the Isla release. And I'm not pointing this out to like stress how I'm an OG fan or that I listened to them from their very first release or anything like that. But I think it is important, the point in the band's career where you became a fan, because it kind of impacts your future experience as a fan. And for me, I think it especially gives an important insight into my not so positive feelings about their second album which (laughs) will be expressed on this podcast throughout Uh, so here I have to mention my sister and I'm so annoying with my sister (laughs) in general because like whenever I talk to anyone about anything she always comes up but hi Milica (laughs) shout out to Milica my MVP (laughs) and partner in crime (laughs) Um, but yeah here I have to like thank her because I was not at all into French culture not the language not the music not anything it was just never appealing to me but she was and it was she also who took me to Paris in 2014 and this was like my first trip abroad (laughs) so that's a bit uh, of a fun fact about me like I was in France way before I visited any of Serbia's neighboring countries (laughs) Uh, but yeah so anyhow she her favorite band at the time was La Femme and you know how when you live your with your siblings you are unavoidably exposed to their interests as well so it didn't take me a lot to become obsessed with Uvala Mod as well and I'm like, <laughs> who's to blame me because that's such an epic piece of art that song <laughs> but yeah now we are approaching the actual story I promise <laughs> I got hooked on that song, so I started listening to it uh, all by myself as well, not just with her, that was like the point. And as I stated, I can see this moment so very vividly in my head. I was sitting at my computer, writing a paper for college, and Uvala Mod was being played on YouTube, and thank God for autoplay, I guess, because suddenly there was this sound that I did not recognize, and it kind of threw me out of that paper completely because like if I'm doing something where I need to uh, to focus I need to listen to the music that I already know otherwise it's distracting so I was just like oh it's another artist let me skip this and go back to La Femme (laughs) and I shit you not I remember being on the way to skip this song like can you imagine oh no please But yeah, it it wasn't a few seconds in, you know, before that first chord in Foliar starts or like drops and, sorry, the beat drops and that I was like, wait, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was the visuals as well that pulled me in because they're so yeah. like, striking and... But then a few more seconds in and I heard the singing and then I was really like, wait a moment. (laughs) And I guess the rest is kind of history. So so yeah, it really like was an instant thing for me. I, I was mind fucking blown. I was like, WTH is this? And obviously the song played out and that outro to Folier, that's like some dark magic right there. Let me tell you. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then obviously I wanted to hear everything else that they had. But the point where I became a fan with the with a capital F, um, I was a fan at the time, a, hu- a huge fan, I'd say. But I wasn't like straining myself to dig up everything about them or like follow everything that they were doing at each and every moment like I do today. But I like honestly don't know if I even cared what their names were. <laughs> I... <laughs> I just got obsessed with like everything that was on Isla Jour and prior and I was mainly obsessed with translating these lyrics because yeah I was all about the lyrics and I didn't know any French at that point like you know obviously I don't speak it today as well but at least I can like read a, t- a text or like lyrics and understand 80 or 90 percent of that but mm. back then I like didn't know anything and it took me like four hours to translate one song (laughs) that's no joke but obviously it was so so rewarding because i was the literal target audience for them i was between my first and second year of literature studies (laughs) so like even though i was an avid reader like since always this is really when i got into poetry too and started writing myself heavily so for shatterton were really up my lane there and i know i've been talking for forever already but here's just another tidbit i still have that notebook in which i was translating these leisure songs and the largest portion of notes and like pronunciation symbols <laughs> accompanying these notes are for la ponte marie and yeah. that's like that's my song and obviously <laughs> i don't usually look at this notebook because it's very old but whenever i do take it out and see these passages i get so fucking emotional <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh but that that like the conclusion is <laughs> that i did fall of the wagon during the lasler era yeah. um because like that's album was kind of a letdown to me but i also i guess i had more important things to focus on <laughs> But then, you know, the 2020, the getting ready for Palai period, that's when I actually like started to want to learn stuff about them as well, <laughs> besides just being a fan of the the work. And then obviously like the whole 2021, that's tr- truly when I got into them so much that <laughs> like there isn't an escape for me anymore. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, and that's so funny because we we have contrasting stories. Uh, like you're kind of an OG fan, and I'm a baby fan. You know, I'm baby, I'm baby fan. Yeah, I'm baby, I'm baby fan. I finally got it because like yeah. every time that we recorded it, I was like, "To a enfant bébé or like yeah, because yeah, the order of words in French is truly not my friend. But like, <laughs> I guess the drill is the key, so now I know that it can be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And exactly. And I also like kind of love the contrasting parts in the sense that you were kind of indifferent to them in the beginning, or even like yeah. slightly annoyed. Um, yeah. Whereas you know, for me, it was really like an instant thing, and. Mm-hmm. Also, um, I love that we are doing this podcast because we have different opinions as well on certain songs and <laughs> albums. <laughs> yeah, so, stay tuned for the Rosalor episode. Yeah, it's gonna be epic. <laughs> uh, and but... yeah, and just you know the fact that you like tell you, yeah, bref. Um, you said that uh, for you it was an instant thing, and mm-hmm. for me not. Uh, it's just 
like how I'm working, you know, before I love something like really, really much, I just need to hate it first. So <laughs> I guess that's a, a good point for them. Yeah, um, I do relate there when it comes to like mainstream stuff. Mm -hmm. For a very long time, I was this kind of like stubborn uh teenager or whatever young adult where mm -hmm. you know if something was very popular i would instantly be <laughs> like you know annoyed by it but i i think i did like grow out of that <laughs> in the last few years so i i can like relate in that sense and i for specifically i remember lana del rey that she was like <gasps> such a boom you know with her debut and she was like so 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 instantly popular with like born to die and everything that yeah you know i instantly like hated her oh my god that. but you know like <laughs> just slightly before she released the ultraviolence her second album i like got on board with her and i like i truly adore her yeah. and her work. yeah she, she was my you know my first uh artist of obsession i don't know if oh she... that's so cool yeah <laughs> Like, I really, really loved her very, very much. Yeah, and she's incredible. Yeah, and I don't know how I how I wasn't, like, depressed because, you know, when I was in middle school, I was only listening mm -hmm. to her. <laughs> but when I say only her, it's only her, you know? <laughs> I was, like, like actually me, to, only her. Yeah, yeah, I was listening to, like, Born to Die, Ultraviolence, and um, Honeymoon. Mm. Again, again, love, and again. Love, love, honeymoon. That's that. Oh, yeah. is my yeah. I don't know everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think my go-to like depression artist when I was in high school were mm -hmm. the Smiths and <gasps> Radiohead, obviously <gasps> as well. Oh, yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah. like Joy Division, you know, mm -hmm. those like truly emo artists. Yeah. That. <laughs> teenagers listen to and relate <laughs> to and but then Lana Del Rey, Del Rey kind of like with her sentiments I guess she would fall under that category but I think that this was the time when I kind of got out of that phase a bit so I could truly also enjoy her music without mm -hmm. it like impacting like my you know feeling depressed or whatever so yeah mm -hmm. she was like more fun to me in that sense yeah <laughs> whereas like the smiths were the music that i would just truly like sit in my oh, bathroom yeah. and cry to oh my god i feel you yeah <laughs> okay so yeah but the, i we wanted to say that like because camille and i have like contrasting opinions about a certain parts of Fushatrison's work you can like uh, if i'm dragging a part of their work you know rest assured that camille <laughs> We'll be singing its praises, so <laughs> we will truly have that like good balance of yeah. different opinions throughout this podcast, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that's why it's a good thing that we are two. <laughs> yeah, and particularly in the Lausler episode, as Camille said, that it's truly <laughs> gonna be epic. Oh yeah, I can't wait. Me too, because like, like even it though will it's... be my my time to shine, you know. Yeah, it will be your episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But like, I'm also very looking forward to it because even though like that's obviously not my favorite album, to say the least, I do have a fondness for that era and I actually do lo really love that era and it's very nostalgic to me. So, you know, I can't wait to explore it as well, you know, not just in terms of like the raw album. Yeah. 
Okay, so is it time to like finally get to the meat of the matter? Yes. <laughs> episode's uh, topic, uh, which is the Fushatterton appeal. So, Camille, please like tell our listeners what do we mean by the Fushatterton appeal? Okay, so we are going to discuss the aspects of this band, such as music, their relationship with their fandom, their image, etc. That one <laughs> pulls us in and two keep us on board. Because even though they're not mega popular, I believe that we, the fans that are kind of on board with them, they have a pretty strong grip on us. <laughs> and I think that there are certain reasons why this is so. And so we are going to just have a casual conversation about why we love this band so much. <laughs> exactly. And now you all know what my questionnaire on Instagram <laughs> was about, if you can recall it. <laughs> Since it was like over a month ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because, but yeah. Yeah. It was like a few days before Clement's birthday. Yeah, I remember. Mm -hmm. So I posted a Q&A on IG asking you all to tell me why you love this band using three words or more. And it was for the purposes of preparing this specific episode. I just wanted to test out if the fans felt the same as I do, or if like all of the points I wanted to bring up here would be kind of like corroborated by the fandom. And I feel that they truly were. So we want to start with these responses because we find them like very, very interesting and we find the common thread in them and like that's actually kind of fascinating to me so we did get half of the responses in French half in English so I'm just gonna ask Camille to read out the French ones I'll read the English ones then we'll discuss them a bit before we get into our individual discussion points yeah mm -hmm. okay so let's start with the French ones mm -hmm. um, the first one is puissant energy et chair de poule <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, this, this one speaks to you. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. Uh, I love you this. Remember. Yeah, share the pool. Yeah. Uh, firstly, it's like goosebumps. It's a really, really good expression to like describe how Fushatriton make us all feel. And mm -hmm. secondly, it's personal to us because <laughs> uh, Camille, I don't know if you want to yeah. tell this story. You know that it was like one year ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, the the first time I saw them, it was in this festival uh, in Lyon, and um, I was like talking to Marina, you know. Mm -hmm. And I was and... so like, we we were talking for like a month or two or something yeah. already. Yeah. And you yeah. were already a, a very big fan, and I was so yeah. hyped to like hear your impressions and to hear like how it was, and you just yeah. sent me. <laughs> Yeah, I remember that you asked me what how it was and I just like answer with two words like intense goosebumps. Intense goosebumps, <laughs> that, that's that's that and like I have a screenshot <laughs> yeah. of that text and it's incredible. But like I, I assume you were like under uh you were a bit stunned and like speechless after the oh, whole yeah. experience, but it was such a perfect answer, I yeah. feel so Yeah, I remember also... that I was like, oh my God, what, what, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and also just a little shout out to the person that responded this because I fucking love her. I love you, Emily. And I hope you're listening to this because I'll be literally crushed if you're not. <laughs> okay. So okay. 
moving yeah, on. Yeah, let's continue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so there is a creative déchaîné et lyrique. Mm -hmm, so like the first mention of lyrics. Mm -hmm. And then we have poétique, beau et émouvant. Uh, poésie, singularité et dandisme. <laughs> Again. <poetry>. Again. <laughs> um, another response is authenticité, folie et leur univers. Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, like they point out the the universe bit because yeah. like it tr truly is like that. It there's no like Fushatton as a side thing or like a background music. Yes, yeah. like there's their world and uh, yeah, where you live. <laughs> yeah, if you're a fan, <laughs> it's totally like immersive in that sense. Yeah, and rich and dense. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we also have poésie, originalité, identité. Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we have hors du temps. Mm, stellar response, just yeah. perfect. <laughs> uh, then intensité, poésie et communion. Mm -hmm. Intensity, like it's so also on yeah. point because like yeah, full... intense goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and also like full shatterton day. They don't go easy on you. It's oh no, not their style. Oh. <laughs> and the last in French is poésie sensible et inspiration. Perfect. So like you already can see that they're quite like repetitive in this yeah. sense and uh, and the, like this thread is going to continue in the English ones as well mm -hmm. so let's start with this DM um, that I received which goes they are here in every moment and their songs are so enveloping when I'm listening to one of their songs I'm like in another state of mind another place with them they can catch me and bring me in their world I have no idea if you'll understand first of all girl you bet that we understand yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're like 100% relating to this message yeah. and like also it really points out the fact that you know this immersive listening experience the, yeah you know like it's not just a song or two it's the, a whole kind of like world that yes. Shatterton create with what they do and <laughs> totally like um, uh, immersive like I said um, yeah and uh, I guess I can't remember the English word, but it's like opiplivo. Uh, but <laughs> whatever, we're going to expand on that in our points. So the next DM is like, I think their music is on Rick. Google tra translation said dreamlike in English, but I prefer the word in French. So yeah, this one is also very on point. Then moving on to the shorter ones. Unique, beautiful, poetic. Mm -hmm. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Emotion in songs. Poetic, smart, soulful. Mm -hmm. Melancholic, bittersweet, hypnotic. Beauty of texts and vibe of the band. And Raphael in parentheses <laughs> with a heart emoji. Just... We have a Raphael person. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, just an amazing band. Tales emotion eclectism and then we have one that just repeats poetry 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 three times <laughs> like we didn't get it <laughs> <laughs> and the last one which is my favorite is poetic melancholic dream yeah it's just so spot on and perfect like i've never heard fushatriton described so perfectly in just 
three words. So yeah. shout out to this person and shout out to everyone who responded to this questionnaire. Yeah, and thank you very much. <laughs> thank you guys. And like I said, we really like wanted to have this backbone to our discussions, a sort of like confirmation that, you know, most of the things that we would like talk about, that's how the fans also felt. So yeah, I'm sure that you've all noticed that the majority of these responses mentioned the words poetry or something related to songwriting or like describe their music as hypnotic, dreamlike, you know, trans transformative, intense, etc. Which like really speaks to the power of their music to, as this one responded said, catch you and bring you in their world without like much effort. And I feel that's mm -hmm. one very, very common experience with us as fans overall. Yeah. And uh, how would you describe Fischetartan with three, three words? Hmm. Okay, so like, are you asking me because my question on Instagram was why you love them using three words or to describe them? Because I think that they would get, I would have two different responses. Oh yeah, no, sorry, like in your Instagram Q&A. Oh, okay, okay. So like why I love... Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Like, if you ask me, a few years ago, I would have a lot to say, I'm sure. Nowadays, um, I love them, obviously, like, because their music, which we're gonna get into in this episode. I love, um, I'm so attached to them that I kind of really consider them as a part of myself. And I hope that that doesn't come off as weird. Oh, no, no, <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> And like, it's a part of me that's really, you know, they have impacted my life so much. Like mm -hmm. there are so many things that I would never do or realize if I wasn't a fan of Who Shatterton. And, yeah, this uh, is so true. Yeah. And they boost my creativity so much and in so many different ways, you know, I'm not just talking about memes. Obviously that's a part of it, but there's like so, so, so much more to yeah. it. Yeah. I, I really understand that point, then <laughs> we would need like another episode to talk about creativity in them. <laughs> yeah, well, we can definitely do it. Yeah, because I, I have a lot to say about it. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, that's that, I guess. And like at the end of the day, they just, they're just fun to me. Like it's fun being a Fushatratun fan and like caring <laughs> about their silly little content from day to day and kind of like making fun of how you know Arthur will record a story where he speaks but then he'll like <laughs> mute himself and put a song over it <laughs> and you know like whenever I go to a Fushatterton detox as I tend to do I really miss that part of my daily life like yeah. you know there are a few other artists that I follow closely but none of which give me this thrill that mm -hmm. voodoo and like this excitement you know when full shutter don't like do or post anything or like yeah and, and not just them but like anyone else who like posts anything about them or talks about them yeah <laughs> it's super entertaining to me yes <laughs> for some reason so. <laughs> so that's that like it's just so fun and immersive and yeah yeah how about you <laughs> could you um... like tell me why you love them using three words even though we just use like a hundred <laughs> yeah <laughs> um first i would say as you know their music because that's why yeah, no they're yeah <laughs> the, the this is logical <laughs> yeah. um i would also say uh captivating they are so captivating yeah and that's that's that yeah melancholy i don't know if i'm 
pronouncing it w the word well. Yeah, melancholy. That's it. Yeah, and intense, like you know, their intensity mm -hmm. and the the power of their the 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 feelings that you can feel when you are listening to their songs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> that's uh, truly like what it comes down to, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so now you gave me an idea, like not to say why you love them, but to actually describe them using three words. Like just imagine, you no, know, um, leave out the factor where you're like a big fan, blah blah blah, and just like okay, if you weren't a follower or anything, and someone just like asked you to describe okay. this band in three words? Um, I would say live performance, mm -hmm. yeah. um, poetry, and uh, I would also say intensity because mm -hmm. you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, obviously what you said about live performances, that's like truly what makes them or like, you know, if I had a dollar for every time I've heard that Fushatriton are <laughs> a live band, yeah. like if you like people are like you know you have to either see them live or you will not know, you know them and yeah, so that's like on point as well. Um, how would I describe Fushatriton? Yeah, please tell words. me. <laughs> uh, it's so difficult to describe something that's such a huge part of my daily <laughs> life in just three words <laughs> again i hope that that doesn't come off as creepy but like i'm already no. resigned to the fact that i'll always go i'm always going to be creepy when it comes to them <laughs> it's just a part of being a super fan i guess okay so three words to describe Fushatterton. i I do really like this Orjuta response, so I'm just gonna steal that, or like uh, otherworldly uh -huh. as I see it, you know, beyond any time or space, and um, it yeah. was really a big factor in me becoming a super fan, you know, the fact that when I would listen to their music, I would be just like completely outside of myself and outside of this physical world. <laughs> so that one, <laughs> also cringe. <laughs> and yeah again let's just steal from this and say <laughs> oh but also sexy so <laughs> what did i say like otherworldly cringe poetic and sexy yeah yeah I'm happy happy with this response yeah it's a really good response <laughs> and it's also a good segue to transition into our individual discussion points because the first aspect <laughs> of the fushatriton appeal that we wanted to get out there is their physical aka sexual appeal or mm -hmm. Sex Appeal, which is also a Fushatterton song. <laughs> which I've never heard. And this is just so frustrating. Mm. <laughs> we want we want to hear that song, please do something. Yeah, I've never heard it as well. Um, <laughs> like, it's not on any streaming service. It isn't on YouTube. They, I think that, like, I mean, obviously it might be difficult to get, like, their old, old stuff out there, but... Like one would think with all the coin that they must accumulate from Palai being so successful, <laughs> they would be able to get at least a batch of their very early works like in their physical copies out there on their web shop for purchase like from time to time. But okay, whatever. I mean, maybe they've like fallen out with the label. Maybe they don't like that particular piece of work anymore. You know, these things happen um, or like whatever the reason it is. Um, yeah. But yeah, we do 
uh, want to point out that Sex Appeal was composed by one of the sexiest members <laughs> of the group, <laughs> Antoine Wilson. And for that reason, I like assume that it was an <laughs> instrumental. And like uh, any one of you out there who have um, their EP, like in, in its physical copy, you know, let me know if I'm right. Yeah, I think... I, uh, okay, so just wait a minute, I was lost. You said that anyone who got a copy of the EP has a sex appeal on the on it? Yeah, like maybe they can confirm if it's an instrumental because I feel oh. like it is. But oh, yeah, sorry, I, don't I was lost. Sorry. But I think it's mm-hmm. an instrumental. In- instrumental. Too. But yeah. Y- yeah, you know, <laughs> one day I, re- I really wanted to hear that song, you know, mm-hmm. because it was really frustrating. And I, I seriously like, like look after it on the internet for hours and hours and I never found it. So <laughs> please yeah, do something there. for us. <laughs> yeah. I, believe me, it's not out there. <laughs> yeah that's it that's true no okay so yeah but their like actual sex appeal we wanted to point it out because it does play and a not so small part in their overall appeal or like their selling point at least maybe in one's beginning of discovering them as a band but also beyond and like just imagine you don't know them but you see like a photo or a video of these five incredibly hot people you're (laughs) at least gonna ask yourself like who they are and be a little bit interested and like first of all this isn't anything out of the ordinary especially for boy bands to kind of like uh, use or capitalize on this aspect to attract audiences Uh but for Fushatterton I believe it works particularly well because A, they are, all five of them, unbelievably hot. (laughs) And it actually totally baffles me how all five of them are super beautiful. You know, it's not like two to three of them are so hot and the rest are kind of like they can pass. But really, (laughs) like, it's all five of them that are super, super pretty. And like, I don't know what magic it was that got these five people together, but it really, it really is something else. And B, they do like present themselves as such, like they want you to see them as sexy and also they want you to see them as highly sexual people. And they do this through like their image, their brand and their approach to the public overall, whether that was conscious from the very start or not. I mean, it definitely became very conscious, I would say, ever since Lausler came out. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And uh, I remember one of my friends just like told me, you know, okay, I'm gonna gonna say it in French because it's easier. Mm-hmm. But um, elle les connaissait pas et uh, elle, enfin, elle a vu une photo d'eux et elle, je me rappelle qu'elle avait dit qu'ils étaient vraiment hyper beaux et tout. Et uh, yes, yeah, like, speaks for itself. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> I know I personally used Fushatterson's sex appeal to try and persuade my friend <laughs> and even family into becoming at least interested to check them out. It never worked though. <laughs> like I would literally go around and show pictures or clips of these beautiful five men to everyone around me and pester them to choose like which was the hardest to them <laughs> and <laughs> to pick one. Um, and if you didn't do this, you're a liar. Like, I'm not saying this to you, Camille, specifically, but like to everyone out there listening, like if you never used... You know, I, I never did this. 
Really? Yeah. Maybe you should try. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. But you know, I'm more a kind of like person who who try to pursue my friend like like look how talented they are and we don't care what they look like no like everyone who knows me <laughs> has gone through this trial of looking at their pictures and videos and me being like just choose one and they'd be like okay that one and let me tell you no one ever said arthur which was super important to me because he was like my member <laughs> and what was the most common answer uh i think it was like Antoine and Raphael always. Mm -hmm. I do think it's because they have this like most kind of like traditional type of beauty, especially Raphael, if I may mm -hmm. objectify mm -hmm. them further. Like he literally looks like you wanted to paint a perfect. Yeah, that's being. true. Um, so yeah, like we said, and like before you all accuse us of objectifying Fushatertor, <laughs> this is nothing out of the ordinary and like we wanted to point out this aspect of their appeal because it is such a big part of their appeal and also because they do use it consciously or like we said at least they started to use it consciously after the success of Issa Le Jour and particularly during the Lausler era in which I guess the album cover speaks for itself because they were like okay we're really building off of our success of Issa Le Jour and we're kind of getting that people are really really horny for us so let's put us on the album cover to like capitalize on that and i mean just look at their videos as well from this era they really were selling the fact that they were five men with like beautiful faces and perfect hair yeah and that's true because when you compare their videos from ici le jour or yeah, yeah you they're not like prominent mm -hmm. in them yeah with those of loisler there you 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 can see the difference because they're like mm -hmm. in Loisler, you can see them as like the main character. Yeah, so like even the La Malinche, yeah. which might be the case in point here. It's like mm -hmm. they are present in that one, but it's very low key and they are really side characters in a story. Whereas in Lauzu and Livrest, like you said, they are the main characters and like the storyline is we are super sexy and fuckable. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm, th I'm thinking that if they're listening to this, like, I, I, I really feel uncomfortable and I really hope they will never listen to, to this. <laughs> I do hope that they are not listening overall, but like for this part in particular, um, I'm certain that they're like very used to being objectified or like, mm. I would even say that they love it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like whatever. I do, <laughs> to get back on track, I am not at all judging that they emphasized this aspect in the Lausler era and maybe I would even like it if they used it better than they do at the moment, but that's neither here nor there. And like, if you don't believe us that their physical or sexual appeal plays an enormous part in them attracting audiences, I think that you should just look at their audience and that their audience demographic speaks for itself. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But what is the Full Shatterton fan demographic? Um, could you like, 
like give our listeners a breakdown of a stereotypical full Shatterton fan? Yeah. Um, so mainly females, female fans or anyone who is attracted to guys. <laughs> so like I said, speaks for itself. Yeah. Um, anyone who speaks French, uh, they are not presenting themselves to the international audience. <laughs> Which is a shame. Of course, like I believe that they want to be more known outside of the French-speaking countries and that they're very happy when they see that they have an international fan. Yeah, at least you. <laughs> oh, well, I'm not sure how happy they are to have me as a uh -huh. fan. Um, I don't know if, if I'm not bringing in more of the negative than I do the positive, but... No. Uh, but yeah, like just remember the needle drop Palai videos or them opening for you two in April 2021. Like you could see uh, that they were so giddy at the prospect of non-French audiences discovering them, but like they themselves are not really trying to be out there at all. And I think that's a shame because they could, but like I'm gonna get riled up if I continue with this so I guess it's a topic for another episode yeah um but you know I don't remember that part because I wasn't there you know for the U2 uh concert like oh if you weren't there for like the opening of U2 then you're lucky <laughs> no no I, I really like the the video where they are playing you know i oh. remember when i was a fan like when i started to be a fan i was like watching this video again and again and again and again too <laughs> no i Écran total. <laughs> no i love the video obviously it's just like everything that else that surrounds it um yeah i'm not sure <laughs> <laughs> okay uh but let's go back to demographic um another characteristic of typical fan is being a literature nerd <laughs> yeah here i am <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh, like of course if you like literature you'll be interested in this band and you will kind of want to claim them as your own i mean speaking from personal experience <laughs> <laughs> yeah like obviously a lot of us are literature nerds or poetry nerds um not surprisingly yeah and i'm also a part of this because uh i really 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 love poetry so i guess they they want you over <laughs> with this aspect too yeah see see guys it's not just that they're hot <laughs> but i gotta say that i'm not a fan because they are beautiful you know oh, I... I don't think any one of us is a fan just because they're pretty like yeah true um i also believe like they have a lot of hipsters in their fandom i mean that kind of goes with them being a lesser known band or like an underground band and what i mean is like if you're someone who's into the indie stuff and not just indie stuff per se but like truly the stuff that not many people know or will get into then you will probably have this kind of like quote-unquote hipster inclination <laughs> to be extremely proud of your atypical music taste and Fushatruton really slide easily into those sorts of sentiments and with that goes the gatekeeping of the band too but I have a whole other section about <laughs> this so you'll hear more on it in a bit. Yeah so another uh, kind of like demographic is uh, parents. I would say like people in day uh, 40 mm -hmm. yeah and even more uh, you know I really find that their public is uh, I don't know how to say in English but intergenerationnel you know that mm -hmm. 
um you can when you're you go to their gigs you can see like families uh you can see like grandma <laughs> mm -hmm. you can see you know there is you can see teenager but you also can see like old people and uh yeah. but yeah i guess parents really love them you know my mother really loved them so <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to your mom. I yeah. love her. <laughs> Bisous, maman. <laughs> I do truly like adore her. And yeah. <laughs> she's a fan of Crystal Kid, right? Yes, she is. Yeah. And Sari Dorsino aussi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, I relate to her so, so well. Um, yeah, I mean, it's true that a large part of their fandom belongs to the older demographic. And this makes me recall an earlier interview of the band, like quite probably from the East Lejur era. They were recounting fan <laughs> encounters and they were specifically mentioning that it happens to them that older ladies approach them and tell them that they love their music so much that it makes them cry and like what's funny <laughs> to me is that they were speaking about this very proudly with you know with an air of like we even have older ladies that cry to our songs <laughs> and i'm always like bitch that's all of your fandom <laughs> But again, like this is not too surprising that they would attract older audiences rather than like the really young ones or like teenagers, if I have to specify, because first of all, their music, it really is sort of time consuming. And whereas I feel this word has a negative connotation, I really mean it here, like in a neutral, if not even positive way, because if I'm saying that their music is a bit time consuming, I mean that it really does require you to tune the fuck in. And I think you do sort of need to give it patience and time and like 100% of yourself and like all your senses in order to allow that which is so strong in the Fushatrito music to reach you. Mm -hmm. Or I guess to put it more simply, this is not radio music. And yeah. not just that it isn't radio music, it's not composed of like bite-sized or repetitive beats to which the younger audiences whose attention spans are getting shorter by the day mm -hmm. are used to and are comfortable with. And I mean, uh, let me not even get into the lyrics because if I may be allowed, if you're not <laughs> too crazy about lyrics or like poetry or even just like figures of speech, wordplay, or, you know, lyrics that are charged with symbolic storytelling elements. Or I guess if you're not willing to give these lyrics a second and a third and even a fourth thought, most of them will sound pretentious or gibberish. Yeah. But like music is what really plays a part here, I believe. And I guess I already made my point uh, regarding that and then another aspect is their own approach to the public and like all the ways in which they are presenting themselves which do not align with the gen z culture like in the slightest mm -hmm. and, i mean this is um this is why it was so shocking to all of us when they got on tiktok <laughs> <Yes>. how <laughs> it showed that they weren't really sure what they were doing there but <laughs> like we still appreciate the effort and we like we want them to go get there or at least i do and not, yeah not I, I, I want to mm -hmm. yeah so not like not that it's the prerequisite of course i'll love them either way i would just like love to see them slay in that sense as well mm -hmm. um and i do feel like we, we live in this culture where you know 
you are going to be more popular, I guess, if you have a lot of younger audiences, because that's what truly like sells. But you know, this is just like a general observation. And we do like personally know quite a few very young Full Shatterton fans. And the fact that they are perhaps like the minority here does not minimize the power of this music or like the influence that Full Shatterton have on their growing fandom. And obviously that's what really matters in the end. And moreover, it's what makes them even more like unique and mm-hmm. lovable in the eyes of us who are already here and who, as I pointed out earlier, like to <laughs> keep them slightly. Yeah. And you know, that's, uh, I was just thinking that uh, when I'm like talking about music and saying that I really love them, like the personnes qui me répondent, ah oui, je les connais, uh, generally they are like older than me <laughs> and not younger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So oh, that yeah. like drives the point even further home and it's mm-hmm. true yeah and yeah. i think like even the very young uh, audiences that they have they've come uh since like montnola and yeah palai so even like your own experience shows you that they yeah. have they have more like... of the older demographic than the yes, other ones of course And I, I I just need to say it because it's really funny, but I have a friend and um, when I like <laughs> um, talk to him about them and then he listening to them, he was like, oh my God, this is awful. <laughs> and I really remember like his reaction was, c'est le seul groupe qui peut réussir à, à mettre dans une chanson des mots comme... Uh, Euh, dentifrice, euh, genre frigo et, et poésie et, et c'est horrible. Genre, I don't know if you understand what I understood what I said, but it, uh... it, it was like this is the only like band who, who can make a song with words like toothpath or fridge and poetry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it was like thinking that uh, it is not poetry because you know they are just like uh, like writing words and then it's a song and for him it's like nonsense and yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's what I said like uh, these lyrics can sound pretentious yeah on the one hand and then like gibberish on the other yeah and um like the the whole phenomena in the fandom where we're like the, you know poetry 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 they're mm-hmm. so like the lyrics blah 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 it's really questionable when you mm-hmm. look at it from like an objective point mm-hmm. and we will get into that a lot when we start like analyzing certain lyrics in this podcast yeah and I mean, I, I do, in that sense, I do kind of agree with your friend and I totally understand how it can come off as that. Yeah. Um, I mean, what the fuck is to play a Salmon Fumé or whatever yeah. they're saying in Compagnon, but maybe that's not a good example <laughs> because it's a rendition. Yeah. But like, um, th- at the end of the day, there are a lot of types of poetry. There are a lot of like, you know, eras and schools of thought in mm-hmm. poetry and um i mean i remember that even when i studied modern poetry i kind of disliked most of them mm-hmm. and 
I think that foreshadowing kind of fall into that category a bit of like, you know, it's not going to be whatever like that. Not everything is going to make perfect sense right away, but that's like the point. You can express yourself through words that's, that uh, awaken something in you. You know, they don't always have to have perfect sense right away. And then you have a different kind of poetry where everything is very simple, but also very beautiful. And um, I mean, you know, and so on and so forth. So like, I want to say I do uh, I relate to that and I can see it. But on the other hand, I think, you know, like what Fushatrton write is not actually gibberish and it does make a lot of sense and it's beautiful. Yeah, like, of course. <laughs> you know not I everyone's do too. going to get into it okay yeah okay so <laughs> next point <laughs> uh we also we have to have an episode of like exploring their i guess snobbism and pretentiousness in that sense, <laughs> where you know we we can touch on this there as well mm-hmm. yeah of course <laughs> okay, okay. So then uh, we are going to move into another aspect that plays a huge part in their appeal, which yeah. is their image or rather their fashion style. Yeah. Um, they are labeled dandies for a reason. You can hear it all over in the media, in the fandom, and like this term latched itself onto them not randomly at all. Uh, like a dandy is someone, usually a male person, who takes great care of their fashion. So, Camille, how would you describe the Fushatrton image to me or their fashion <laughs> style? Um, I would say obviously shirts. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and also hair <laughs> yeah can can really I, I think we, we could have an entire episode about their hair but it won't be interesting but you know they they really have all all them five gorgeous hair and yeah i just don't understand how it is possible like but yeah <laughs> never mind <laughs> and yeah yeah i don't know what to say else i would like just say that their audience <laughs> is always dressed with uh, shirts when they <laughs> go to their <laughs> to their gig, and this is really funny because I saw them several times. And when you saw a uh, audience that like the audience, they always have like incredible shirts, and this is really nice to see. <laughs> I mean, because I really love shirts too. <laughs> Yeah, I think that Kaponov also pointed it out in Yeah, the I remember. Book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's also a French thing because you know the, like the stereotype is that Frenchies have a lot of fashion sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it also like speaks to the fact that it's something you'll definitely notice and something that appeals to you and it's a prominent part of the Fouchatreton lore. So how would I describe their image? Yeah, please tell us. There are a few things that I notice about their fashion style or that I would like to point out. And the first one is that it's very true to themselves. And what I mean is like if you saw, I don't know, Sebastian, for example, on the street, he would probably be dressed the same as he is in uh, interviews or like on gigs or wherever they're presenting themselves as a band. So what I want to say is that they do dress as a band as they would dress as individual people I think and in that sense it's very ordinary and that's one of the reasons we love it so well I think because like whether this is intentional or not it's a way of them being themselves when they're presenting themselves to us 
or at least it has that effect because their image or like their style it is not a show it's not a persona it's not a costume you know it's the actual people that you are communing with in concerts or online for the lack of a better word and it might give us the fans this cozy feeling or close feeling of like you know them being like this is me going out to dinner with my friend and this is also me that's playing this show for you so like i said whether this is conscious or not i believe it has that effect of like creating closeness and familiarity of like being real and honest and also approachable and like it really works well in that sense but even though I stated that in that sense it's very ordinary, of course I also see that it's all very well thought through and intentional, or at least it became intentional once they started out. And then again, they might have noticed that people were kind of catching up on that and commenting on their style or their dandism, and then they wanted to like stick to it and so that it works for their brand. And now I have a little conspiracy theory about Fushan. <laughs> Please tell us. <laughs> Um, where I think that like everything that they do except their music is totally random and when they like see that it works then they're like oh amazing yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a bit true I agree yeah. yeah so you know like I do think that and maybe I'm completely wrong like but I do think that when they started out they didn't really plan how they were going to present themselves to mm-hmm. their fashion style or like not oh my god <laughs> so sorry i just like instantly thought uh, of you know this little interview you sent me last time and i don't know if you catch that but they they were saying that uh, they did like concert uh, gigs with awful outfits and oh really <laughs> so yeah i'm glad that i, I have I, that confirmation now yes. because i've never noticed that i will send you the moment because it's really incredible <laughs> and funny i love that this always happens to me where like i just know a certain thing about them and then i get a confirmation <laughs> like whether through any yeah. or in another way i'm always kind of like right in that sense when it comes to who shattered on but yeah so you've, you've just got a confirmation like when they started out they weren't really thinking about it that much um they were just like themselves yeah but you know when they saw that it works that you know it tells this story it brings this dandy aspect to their image then they were probably like you know wow guys this actually this actually works let's stick to it and then it became like more and more thought through and intentionally consistent cohesive and uniform Mm -hmm. okay so yeah just like a side note um obviously arthur with his uh very thought through image of those suits um and everything from the Issa Le Jour era, there, there was obviously some thought behind it. But I mean that, like, they didn't really think about, you know, uh, all five of them creating a certain image through all five of their style, in that sense, from the very beginning. Like, maybe I've noticed after, you know, in the Lausler era mm-hmm. and also Palai era. And the last point is that their image also speaks to the fact that they all like clothes. Yeah. So, like I said, yeah. together like it's very uniform but take them separately and it's also specific to each of them and tells you a lot about their personality as a band and as individual people as well mm-hmm. yeah and they really all have a gorgeous style i i need to say it because this summer uh antoine 
really had incredible outfits and this was really like cool <laughs> to <laughs> and enjoyable <laughs> to see him Anton has the prettiest shirt yeah that's a fact oh of yeah life really yeah, <laughs> I remember that I sent you a collection of images that prove yeah. this. Like yeah. his shirts are always the, the most unique. I don't know. And <laughs> yeah, I'm. I, I agree. I agree. One hundred percent. Like <laughs> you're. Yeah. You're right once again. <laughs> but like one piece of clothing that ties all of them, I think, is. Um, is turtlenecks and maybe that's also like a French thing yeah I don't know maybe but yeah okay um so all in all it's something that you will definitely notice and something that may also pull you in and again a side note when like we are aware that when talking about celebrities or public figures the word image implies an overall impression that that person leaves on the public which is to a great extent achieved through one's fashion style, but is not limited to it. However, in this section here, we wanted to only discuss how their fashion style forms a certain image, and we'll mm. talk about some of the other aspects of the Fushatterton image, which is like these quirky bohemian old soul <laughs> hipsters on another occasion, or like on multiple other occasions. <laughs> okay, so now we are finally getting to the biggest aspect of the Fushatriton appeal, like the core of what pulls you in, the core of what makes you stay. Yes. And that is their music. Obviously. So again, I'm going to ask you, Camille, to tell us about this aspect first. You know, how would you describe their music to me? Or like, what is it about their music that made you into a fan? Um, uh, I would say that their music is like really unique and like, um, intense. I know that th there's something with this word, I know, <laughs> but this is quite intense. And you know, when you're listening to it, uh, like, I don't know how to say, mais, uh, or, or concert, c'est déjà hyper intense. Mais alors, après, quand on va aller voir en concert, c'est, je sais pas comment dire, mais c'est décuplé, fois uh, 10. Et c'est encore plus intense. C'est ce qui, rend la chose encore meilleure. I don't know if you understood. <laughs> yeah, like the, that intense, intensity yeah. is only increased and felt to a greater extent when you're listening to them live. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know what, like, what can I say? Um, je sais pas ce que je pourrais rajouter, mais ouais, c'est vraiment unique et intense. Je pense que ce serait vraiment les deux mots les, les plus appropriés um pour parler de leur musique and yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. what would what, yeah what would you like add yeah i totally totally agree with you and yeah 100 percent unique and original and specific and i truly believe that there like isn't there isn't any other music in this world that is even similar to what Fushatterton do. And I believe this is a major part of why we who got hooked on them will never ever leave because like there isn't anything like it. 
And this is maybe a good point where I can go into one of my personal pet peeves with, uh, you know, whenever I see Fushatridon being compared to another artist, whether it's coming from the media and like serves this purpose of introducing or describing the band's sound to the public, you know, by outlining their influences, or whether it's coming from their own mouths, like whichever name it's out there, you know, whether it's Pink Floyd, Radiohead, LCDC sound system, Mm -hmm. I don't agree with it and I truly believe that like whichever kind of influences that Fushatterton have are more of a technical nature you know both when it comes to the songwriting and composing mm-hmm. but that everything that they end up creating is entirely different and specific yeah. and original and I know I might just have given a definition of influences but I mean it in a more like significant way here because you know there are influences that you can recognize and with Fush Atherton I don't see it ever and I mean this in the most complimentary way possible because it's one of the things that I appreciate in them the most and it's what always makes me go back to them you know the fact that what they do they do it so well that there isn't anything similar to it like I've said yeah um, (laughs) yeah it's also what drives my theory that there isn't a Fushatterton phase you know if (laughs) anyone out there exists who has gone through a Fushatterton phase you know I'm willing to be proven wrong (laughs) yeah um et bah écoute tu l'as dit bien mieux que moi j'arrivais pas à décrire tout ça mais enfin je suis complètement d'accord et c'est vrai mmh. que euh, ce truc des, des influences, hein, bien sûr, ils ont, ils ont été influencés par plein de groupes et d'artistes, hein, bah, forcément. Mais c'est vrai que j'ai, j'ai, je ne le retrouve pas forcément non plus. Je ne me dis pas, ah tiens, ça me fait penser à Radiohead, par exemple, ou Pink Floyd, ou n'importe quoi, tu vois. Mais, euh, mais oui, je suis complètement d'accord. <rire> exactly. Et c'est 100% then... unique, et c'est ça qui est incroyable. Mm-hmm, totally. Oh my god, I love how 100% ça... 100% ça sounds in French. Like, it's so... <laughs> delicious. <laughs> uh, okay, so then another aspect of their music is that it's the perfect marriage of music and songwriting. Yeah. And this is, I believe, an extremely important aspect of their work and what makes them so unique as well you know the fact that they are truly equally strong on the lyrics as well as the sound itself whereas i believe we are kind of used to artists being either really lyrics oriented and then you know the music will only kind of serve as a vessel through which they'll communicate that to the world or on the other hand instrumental oriented or sound oriented where they're super strong on the sound and then lyrics do not matter as much. And Fushatterton, like I said, are really unique in this sense because what they do is exactly like a delicious union of Mm -hmm. impeccable songwriting and just as impeccable sound. Yeah. Like, here's a good time (laughs) to point out (laughs) that I also get slightly riled up when I read comments that go something like and I do read this stuff often or like often enough I guess where I believe people want to explain away the underground aspect of who or the fact that they can't be mainstream by stating that the sole reason 
is the complexity of their lyrics or like <laughs> stating that who aren't for the masses because you have to be into poetry yeah. or literature or like you have to speak French <laughs> and like on top of me finding commentary of this nature I also experience it being like in the fa- active in the fandom for over a year now like people uh, so often being uh, so astonished at me being a fan or like you know the number of times that I've heard oh it must be really difficult for you to understand their lyrics uh, you know or like um, they can't get around the fact that I even like know about them or whatever I mean this just goes to show that this is a general sentiment that you know who are lesser known because of the like dance uh, poetic songwriting so like me who doesn't even speak French you know how would I even get into that but (laughs) obviously (laughs) I do not agree with this at all and I don't think you necessarily need to be all about the lyrics or interested in them or analyzing them in order to like get into this band and enjoy them because music is just as this this and prominent here and I guess at the end of the day like it's a credit to them because it speaks to their abilities as musicians and it really is a union of all five of these guys talents yes 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 you know like that what they do they do it so well if you take out the music out of it and just have like Arthur's songwriting it's not going to be it and vice versa yeah and um, I agree because uh, as you said, for example, uh, if you're a non-French speaker, is it like this? Yeah. Yeah. If you're a non-French speaker, for example, you could love them because the music is incredible. And um, mm-hmm. even if you don't understand a word of the lyrics, you can be like, oh my God, the, the music is like mm-hmm. the music part is really good. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So yeah, even though I like... I do have my own uh, like uh, opinions as to why they aren't mainstream. I think that lyrics don't don't have anything to do with it. It's mm-hmm. just maybe in on a level where you know maybe it can like uh, turn you off in the sense that it's slightly pretentious, mm-hmm. but not in any other way so like right so and to build further on this point of the final result being a melange of all five of these people's skills strengths talents talents etc they do also talk about this a lot you know whenever they're asked to describe the creation process you know what goes behind making a song they'll tell you that they each need to not only be present, but they each need to have their own input. And only when each of their inputs works well together, they'll be yeah. satisfied. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I also wanted to say, like, for the lyrics part and that commentary that like this band is all about the lyrics, I think that Arthur alone would tell you that that's not true because he like being the lyrics part of this. He said that this was a huge discovery for him when he when this, when this became a serious thing and by this i mean the band <laughs> because he <laughs> used to be all about the lyrics but in order to truly make music with this band he needed to kind of realize that it isn't all about the lyrics and that the lyrics that he was writing and that he was going to sing that that wasn't uh, raw poetry and it was different yeah. from that mm. and I relate to this strongly because I kind of had a similar fate <laughs> when, you know, transitioning from being a teenager into a young adult because before I was all about the lyrics yeah. and I believe that like was, that was all that mattered in music. But then I actually discovered that music can be as powerful of course. as 
<laughs> Sorry, as powerful as the songwriting, and I don't necessarily have to be into the songwriting in order to really, really love certain yes. music. Yeah. Um, another aspect of the, like, take a shot every time I say another aspect. <laughs> Oh yes, we like you know when we will like listening to this podcast to like confirm if it's okay. We will like drink a shot every time another aspect or every time I'm saying <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, I agree, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I do we, we will be drunk as fuck. <laughs> I'm so sorry that I'm a bit extra when it comes to this because um No don't be <laughs> I might be repeating certain points, but trust me, guys, there were points that I excluded from the outline because... <laughs> okay, so uh, drum roll, another aspect <laughs> of their music, <laughs> which is so power powerful, particularly in getting us to be with them forever, is that, like those responses said, it's very dreamlike. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it almost gives me an astral projection type of a feeling or experience, you know, and in that way it will pull you in and give you goosebumps. And it actually gives you like this, a completely immersive listening experience, because like you said, Camille, it's so intense and uh, it's so rich that it does create this whole other world and uh, you're transformed into it and into that universe. And I believe that there is very little music with such an immense power to take me out of myself and to kind of like elevate me beyond these mundane day-to-day base emotions. And like it works in that sense that I will always get back to it because that's such an amazing feeling. And um, that's that. And then the final point about their music, at least for this episode, it that it is a little bit highbrow and uh, you know because it's not typical music obviously I also believe that what you love about it and what you love about yourself being a fan of this music is that because it's a highbrow art that can boost your ego and you may feel like superior because you're getting this and listening to this and like super proud that you are so I think that's also an aspect of their music that really likes like describes them well or that it's an important part of it you know the fact that it's a typical and that it requires a certain type of like quote-unquote intelligence (laughs) (laughs) i mean just like a few days ago i've seen a tweet that says (laughs) this is exactly what i'm talking about here because like shatterton have created this reputation of being again quote-unquote intelligent and like then being a fan or the follower of that work might get you inclined to also feel intelligent in that mm-hmm. sense and like i said superior yeah. and, you know uh, all in all like the mere fact that it's not mainstream or radio friendly or simple is very powerful in the sense that it will keep you there once you get hooked and yeah it can like in- impact the longevity of the band's popularity in the fandom you know mm-hmm. okay so that's it for now about the music <laughs> but it will be talked about at length throughout this podcast yes obviously because yeah we, cr- we created it for <laughs> for a music band yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay um so what's another aspect? <laughs> okay I, i'm gonna I, use yeah diff- different phrasing <laughs> okay, so what? <laughs> what is another aspect? 
<laughs> I wanted to say something else. And I said, I oh, just say aspect, you know, we. No, no, no. I have a different phrasing. So, <laughs> uh, here we go. So what's another factor that plays into the Fushatriton appeal? Um, uh, the fact there is a thing, it's the, the fact that they're quite easily approachable. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, <laughs> I think you t'es la mieux placé pour en parler. Yeah. It's you, not an impossible task to get Fushatraton to notice you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I believe this is also true for in-person encounters. Yeah. Because I've heard, I've read many times that when you do have the opportunity, if you do see them in person, they're never going to turn down a picture or even a short chit chat. Mm-hmm. And obviously you do have artists that either don't care about this aspect or are like deliberately not making themselves approachable in person. And that's obviously very valid. And even though like Fu might also get tired of this part of the job, I believe that if they do, then they're not going to be anywhere that you could see them. But if they are, you know, chances are very, very slim that they're going to, you know, turn down a photo or an autograph if you approach them. And obviously for the online presence and rapport, they are out there. They're like, quote unquote, super close with their fans. And I think that Fushatriton like were my first celebrity notice, uh, though I'm not sure if I can call Fushatriton celebrities. <laughs> I mean, like excluding like Serbian artists uh, to whose shows I would go to and meet. Yeah. So maybe a more accurate way of saying it is that Fushatriton were the first public figures who noticed me online and yeah, me too. this was oh, oh that's <laughs> cute. <laughs> we have that another uh one other thing that we have in common when yeah. it comes to our fan experience. <laughs> and like this was so random, like if you saw the kind of like short essays that I would DM to, I don't know, Franz Ferdinand, for example, and the random S and basic messages that I sent to Fu, that's like, you know, if I knew that I was going to be noticed, I might have been more eloquent. But yeah, like I said, this was so random. And because obviously I have receipts, I remember, I know that it was 2017 that I was really like enjoying you know, Issa Le Jour at one moment at a certain day and time. And I was like, oh, they have a Facebook page. Let me tell them how much I love them. And I never thought about it afterwards. And it was only like a few days after that I got a reply from this random ass French band that I didn't even know anything about apart from their music. And I was like, oh snap, they're not only these super cool and talented musicians, they're also so kind and wholesome and they care about what I have to say and they care about me as well. So like in that sense, and because I felt it on my skin, I think it's a very prominent aspect of their overall appeal, you know, this regular approachability because it can make you want to stick with them because you get the sense that you are all like a part of this and that you're valued and seen and noticed and you know it can have that effect of slightly bridging the gap between you know the artist persona and the fan persona or I guess you don't feel that they are the artists and you are the fan as much as you do with another figure that's going to be slightly less active in replying to comments dms and or like resharing and reposting content so to cut the long story short you do feel like not only do they matter to me but I also matter to them as well and like that's a very very power that's very powerful in creating a loyal fan base you know I really agree with the fact that they're like 
really easily approachable because uh, I don't know if you remember, but when I saw them in March, um, <laughs> I um, like, you know, they were sell selling yeah. Yeah, their merch and um, I just bought a few posters and mm -hmm. I wanted them to sign one of them and there was like um, uh, Raphael and Antoine and they were super nice and I remember that Antoine was really, really uh, nice because like before he signed my uh, poster, he just he was like, oh, your your shirt is so cool. Like, where did you buy it? Uh, oh, my fucking God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you anyway. got Antoine to compliment you on your shirt. That's like, yeah. girl, you made it. Yeah, in exactly. Life, in you general, know. <laughs> like that, that's, that's it. Yeah, and, and you know, this like, it's my um, shirt with the birds. And uh, when he mm -hmm. like signed my poster, it was like, uh, he wrote pour Camille et les oiseaux and that was just super nice oh, <laughs> and yeah hell. yeah that's so wholesome yeah and that was like and that's just proving the fact that they are super quite easily approachable and really nice and yeah <laughs> what do you remember what they smelled like um I don't remember, I'm sorry, because, you know, I, I really, and usually I really pay attention to like the smell of people, but I just really don't remember, you know, after the, their gig, I swear it was my, like the best concert, like of my life. And I'm not saying this because I really love Fouchetterton, but sincerely, it was awesome. And, you know, I, I was a bit shy, so, I didn't pay attention and even when I asked a picture to Clément, you know, I was like next to him and I don't remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can totally understand that. But I wish, and, I, uh, <laughs> I wish I could remember because I really like to, you know, it, maybe it's weird, but I like to pay attention no, no, to it, people. It's not weird at all, um, yeah. <laughs> at least to me, like whatever. <laughs> Were there like too many people around the Merch oh, or... um, uh, no, it was okay. You know, I like there was uh, people before me, uh, but mm -hmm. I didn't wait uh, too long. Too long. I, I mean, maybe I wait five minutes or ten minutes, but you know, they mm -hmm. were taking time with people, mm -hmm. and you know, yeah, mm -hmm. they were super nice. And I just remember my mother. <laughs> who was with me and she was like saying to Antoine oh merci beaucoup c'était vraiment super le concert était génial and this was just the, the cutest thing ever because you know my mom <laughs> yeah she is the cutest and like <laughs> I can imagine um yeah well, that's perfect like the fact that you know you can approach them without much effort or like I don't know the fact that they, they are open to uh the these like meet and greets around merch so uh yeah but the, regarding the smell like i'm sure, sure that you'll have another opportunity <laughs> <laughs> yes i hope maybe on january the uh, the 18th 18th yeah yeah okay so i don't know if there's anything else to say on this i mean there is but in another yeah episode we'll <laughs> unpack their relationship with their fans in more than one of the future topics so this was just like in terms of what can also pull you in even more and make you want to stick with them in that sense yeah i think you said like 
T'as tout dit. Mm. You said everything. <laughs> okay, so now we are approaching our final discussion point for this episode. And this one's going to be very short, but I also wanted to like bring up the niche aspect uh, of the band or like the fact that they are not super popular as a separate point here, because I feel it also plays into their appeal, maybe not to a large extent, but to a certain type of extent for sure. Like they slide into this culture of gatekeeping so easily because you know, I've already touched on this, but because they are underground, you know, it gives the fans the feeling of being, you know, above the mainstream or of being highbrow. And fans, they do gatekeep for Shatterton. And while this is not like a super unusual thing in the indie genres, because for Shatterton have such a specific, and dare I say, a small audience, you feel like this is your band and the fans get like a super... Um, gatekeepy and see them as their own to a certain extent and i mean this may also have a strong impact on the longevity of the following because you know when you have that certain attachment it's hard to you know let go of something yeah that's yours yeah that's so true <laughs> and then finally it's the i think we can say it marina but it's the last aspect of this episode and it's the poetry aspect um So yeah, as I said, so the last aspect of Fuchaterton appeal was poetry, but because we talked about it already throughout the episode, we may leave it at that for now. And we are going to have a lot of episodes that will be part particularly about lyrics and certain songs and, we'll, and we will analyze them in depth. So they will be poetry episodes and I cannot wait to record them because, you know, basically you and I are... Mm -hmm big po poetry fan uh yeah poetry fan fan yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> you get and, it yeah. yeah yeah and you can take like any of their songs and really just analyze the lyrics um, yeah for hours on end that's so also incredible and yeah i think the fact that we did have poetry as a different as like a separate aspect but that we left it out in the end because we've already talked about it throughout speaks to the fact that it's such a prominent part of them overall so uh okay guys so that's the last of the factors that play into the full shatterton appeal and into why they attract a certain type of audiences why those audiences want to stay with them and can't ever leave <laughs> <laughs> I hope we covered all of the major points and I can't wait to get into our other episode ideas. So Camille, do you want to wrap this up? Yeah, um, thank you very much for listening this episode. <laughs> If you're still here, thank <laughs> yeah. you so much. And uh, we just wanted to say that we really enjoyed recording this episode, even if it's the third time, we, mm -hmm. we, we really love this podcast and we cannot wait to like have your feedback uh, mm -hmm. about yeah. about it <laughs> so yeah thank you very much yeah th thank you so much guys and uh, uh, the next bit the next the topic of the second episode is going to be Isla Jour and um, we are both so 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 excited about it it's like this is my favorite work of them so far and it's my objective opinion that it's also their best work so far and i'm saying this like knowing 
that paladers really exist. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we were we couldn't be like more excited about preparing it and discussing it, and uh, we hope it's out in like two weeks, three weeks tops. Uh, so we really hope you did stick with us to this point because we want to give a huge, massive shout out to Kaponov for creating our podcast cover art. Yeah, thank you. I hope you, <laughs> I hope you did already recognize the artist behind it. Um, thank you so, so, so much, Kay. Really, like creating this podcast would not be the same if you didn't want to make the cover art for us. Yeah, and it's really funny because we like both of us wanted them to create it our cover art sorry and it it is really incredible like yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah when i suggested it to camille um you're like oh my god i thought the same like so we thought about it without actually communicating it to each other first uh because we are both such huge fans of kaponov and their work and we hope that everyone who's listening to us is uh, also knows them and uh, is following to them but just in case that you don't that's k-e-u-p-o-n-o-f on instagram so do please go and check them out they create some of my favorite full shatterton fan art and like you know the fandom in general would not be the same without it yeah absolutely and i also want to give a huge <laughs> shout out to my co-host camille for creating the intro and outro tunes for this podcast and again like it would not be the same if you didn't do that because like imagine if we instead took some random ass royalty free tunes and put them here like that wouldn't be it um but yeah Camille composed like a really really nice cover of Mont Nouveau so do stick till the end to hear a little bit longer version of that because it's parfait and I just have to say here on record that like I was mind blown by your angelic singing voice oh that's really nice So that's that, guys. Keep in touch with us on our Instagram page, which is Cookies Spritz FC for like obviously for Shatterton, or simply type in for Shatterton podcast, and also follow us individually at Dress as Shatterton and Weems Shatterton. We, as Camille said, we are super hyped to receive yeah, feedback really. from you. Feel free to like if- to write, like to send DM Anything. to us. Yes. We are really interesting like, if it's negative or positive, but just tell us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you hated this episode, let us know. Let us know if you loved it. If you like, feel that we you missed out on something, uh, tell us that as well. If you have episode requests, send them. If you are like super happy that there is a Full Shutterstone fan podcast and you want to be a part of it, again, send us a DM and we'll work it out because we want guests. Yeah. And that's it, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode. And thank you for being as obsessed with Fushatraton as we are. <laughs> we love you and we'll catch you in the next one. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bisou. Bisou. <laughs> <laughs>